Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into an episode of Queer as Folk. And I hope y'all are ready for like a four-hour episode, because <laughs> podcast episode, because I have so much to say about 206. We might as well get started. Let's go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> let's, let's get to it. Ding, ding, ding. Round one. So we start out at Ted's new studio. I guess we'll call this studio, right? Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. yeah, studio. I'm proud of it. Well, Brian, Emmett, and Michael are there to check out the setup, and Ted is showing them how his site works and what sets it apart. Because Emmett's like, there are 8 billion (laughs) sites like this. I've been on 7 billion, Emmett says. Yes. (laughs) So he wants to know what sets um, Ted's site apart. And basically, Ted is showing them, well, let's say your boss comes in and he wants to know about some report that you've been working on. It's like, you can click this button and it will switch to this very official looking spreadsheet. And I'm like, which if you don't know how to quickly hide the fact that you've been on Amazon or yeah. on the bad days on Indeed or LinkedIn looking for a job, like if you don't know how to do that already, how can you call yourself a real adult? Well, I will say <laughs> that you just spilled the tea on yourself. <laughs> that was an example. That wasn't uh, personal. Uh-huh. That was... uh-huh. <laughs> But um, also, I, I will chalk it up to, you know, they just figuring out the whole little computer thing for real, the whole internet switching right, the nations, yeah. you know. And so at the time, that was probably a really good yeah. feature for a website. It yeah. was. I was like, okay, come through because, you know, he was making that by example, you know. Right. So, you know, <laughs> he got caught with his pants down. Uh, well, yeah, he, he <laughs> did. Um, So Brian, Emmett, and Michael stick around to see the shows kind of start to finish <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah and Emmett is insisting that okay you still need something else to set it apart you still need something else but for now Ted has got jerkatwork.net up and running <laughs> why is he promoting jerk at work they should be really focusing on these clients okay and getting well, these jobs look, done Ted's like if I'm doing it I'm pretty sure somebody else is doing it so I might as well make money off yeah, of it let me get to my coin by any means that's necessary that's a true entrepreneur right there yep so speaking of entrepreneurs we see Michael at his new shop and he's getting everything set up there and Vic and Emmett are there to help them and I just love this gang because whether they agree or care about your dream and what you've got going on in your life or not they show up for each other yeah they're showing up so for I sure love that they've shown up to help michael set up his new shop absolutely but i will say this is the first time i feel like michael actually belongs yeah like i mean it's not the, he was i always felt like he was embarrassed of the um bit you know um he just didn't have any enthusiasm when he would go there or when he would speak about it he was always hiding this is something that he's passionate about he can talk about this to anybody anywhere you know and it's something that's his like i'm finally i'm happy that he finally taken a step outside of his comfort zone and he's right. doing something it's unsure but it's something that he loves so yeah, i'm here for it. something that he really cares about and that's important and then he realizes that it's going to be a lot of work like he complains about oh buzzy didn't have this or do this that way or whatever but when you care about something and when this is going to be your baby now he's willing to put in the work exactly yeah so that and that's the difference and then Debbie comes in with with coffee for everyone. And we see that she's on board now. You know, she can see that this is Michael's dream and it makes him happy. And so she's happy because he's happy. Exactly. And I know she probably can see the change in him, too, because, mm-hmm. I mean, he looks not stressed. He looks really happy in his scenes, you know, and he's he's running his, he's running his own business. Right. I mean, it's the start. But I mean, he's here for it. And she can re- she realizes that. I mean, Debbie is a, a wonderful mom. She knows Michael in and out. I mean, yeah. period. So while they're setting everything up, a customer enters the shop and 
He's handsome, a bookish type, according to Emmett. <laughs> and Emmett says he loves the bookish type. And then Vic says, yeah, because there's always so much to learn between the covers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Come through, Uncle Vic. Come through. Yes, I love Uncle Vic. Uh, then they play a little game of uh, gay or straight with uh, with this guy who's walked in trying to figure out, okay, do we think he's gay? Do we think he's straight? What's going on there? He's straight, girl. And well, Michael says, based on his comic book browsing patterns, he concludes that he's gay. Well, I mean, Michael would know the comic book, comic book browsing patterns. Uh, that, that is true. But Emma says, according to the clothes, he's not. So, you know, it's kind of a toss up on him. My radar <laughs> is broken because I, I don't see it. <laughs> you don't see it? Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, um, the bookish customer guy tells Debbie that he's looking for Wonder Woman. And she says, you found her. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, I love Debbie. And she has Michael come over to help this guy find what he's looking for. And... um. I like that he's there and he's like studiously trying to explain what he needs. And Michael's like, oh, you're looking for gay comics. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he's trying to make it sound all professional and smart. And he's like, oh, yeah, gay comics. OK, I got you over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he tells him about a few that he should check out. And then I love Debbie and Vic over there eavesdropping and trying to be all inconspicuous. <laughs> Girl, she was cleaning for the light. I, what was she even cleaning? I don't know. Okay. The wall, I guess. I don't I don't know. Yeah, That's how she had going. well, because they both, in some ways, live their lives vicariously through Michael and the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, Debbie is so proud. She's like, my son's a genius uh, because, like you said, he does know a lot about this field. So, speaking of someone else following their dream, we ha- we caught up with Ted, we caught up with Michael. Now we see Justin, and he is meeting with the dean from his school, and he's showing him some of his more recent art. Because in the last episode, Justin was struggling with his hand. Yep. And there was a question of whether or not he'd be able to continue with his program. Right. Um, so, he, But he's been using the computer that Brian bought for him. And so the dean is saying, well, this art is very different than what you submitted for application and what we expect from you. This is very different. And he says, you know, the drawings are a little disturbing. And um, when you look at them, they are a little bit more violent. And, you know, you could say a little bit more vulgar. But that's what he has experienced. Yeah. When Justin first submitted, he came from like this socialite type family. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very um, guarded, I guess, or um, sheltered is the word I'm looking yeah. for. Um, so he hadn't really experienced anything. He had no um, traumas going on his life. Right. He hadn't had that innocence ripped from yeah. him at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And also, I think that, you know, the visit to Adrian Bennett's show helped free him to be yeah. a little bit more emotionally expressive in his art mm-hmm. because she was like, Oh, yeah, that painting looks angry because I was angry there. And so I'm sure that he's seen art like that, but it just it let him feel like it's okay if I express my art. I don't have to try to reach perfection in those other ways. I can be myself in my art. And that's what makes it perfect. Long as you stay true to yourself Mm -hmm. and he's pulling from real emotion. And that's what's going to connect to um, the viewers. Yeah. Well, and that's what he tells the dean. He says, I don't see things the same way. Um, and that's what we've been saying. This Justin is a little bit different, like not better or worse. He's just different. Yeah. And that's to be expected after what he's experienced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some things may go back to the way they were, but some may not. But in the meantime, he's just kind of he's figuring things out. It's different. And he's figuring that out. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the dean brings up the computer and he tells Justin that they expect their students to master the traditional disciplines. And Justin's not going down without a fight, which is very nice to see after the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says that, you know, sometimes the traditional word. Yeah, the tra- traditions can be their own handicap. And he because uh, his physical limitations force him to learn a new way to be an artist. Yep, he and that's a adapt. good thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he may have never tried these other avenues or pushed himself to 
to try that if he didn't have to. He wouldn't have. He was on the verge of giving up. Right. So I'm happy that he actually did try. And he's still out there, you know, pursuing his, his passions and his dreams. Uh, so then at family dinner at Debbie's, and I love that they're having family dinner at Debbie's. Uh, but Debbie asks him, okay, well, what did the dean say? And Justin tells them that his application was approved and that the dean said he could stay. And they're all very happy. They are. And I will say, let me just start by saying, this dean is so damn cute. It is so cute. Okay, like everyone is happy and <laughs> smiling and laughing. It's like Thanksgiving, you know, mm-hmm. like everybody's there. They're all celebrating Justin and just you know, just having a good time. I mean, the whole entire gang is there. So yeah. it's well, a really something good time. else I wanted to say. So they're all like tucked around Debbie's table there. And Brian is leaning against Justin. And so you now you imagine Justin's been telling them this story. Like I had to go to the dean and my fate was in his hands. And I had to ask him, you know, to let me stay in the program. And so you just imagine Brian is leaning in, providing that silent support mm-hmm. for him during that scene it's just so sexy i'm just i'm telling you you know how i'm feeling with the brian and justin scenario this season like it's everything yeah i'm here for Um, it and so even though i know like brian already knew the outcome like he's still there for him in this scene well the gang is all happy like we said and he's getting congratulations and kisses from all the ladies Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and brian's like what's with all the kissing are you trying to turn him straight right before he plants one on justin right which is adorable. Yes, it is. It melts and, the whole table. Yeah. And Debbie's like, oh my gosh, they're going to do it right here. And Vic <laughs> says, well, let me get my camera. <laughs> yes. Come through Uncle Vic. I'm right there with you. Okay. Yeah. Well, then Ted suggests that they save it for the website. Tells Justin, well, you can make some money to pay for college. And Brian's <laughs> like, don't give him any ideas. <laughs> for real. But then Melanie tells Lindsay, she's like, you know, maybe we should do it to make some money for the wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a cute little joke. Yeah. A cute little joke. But Lindsay didn't find it to be funny. No, she didn't. But also, before we get there, um, so we find out that they're struggling to get the money to pay for this wedding, you know, because they're not, like, rolling in the dough. But I'm a little surprised that Lindsay hasn't, like, put Gus on her hip and walked over to the loft. And <laughs> yeah, I know. Because normally she would have, okay? Yeah. Uh, you, for one, you're slacking, girl, because that's what you're known for. <laughs> you're known to go over there and drain those Brian Kenny pockets over there, okay? Them yeah, Kenny funds. Thank you, Brian Kenny. Yes. Yeah. Like, come on, girl, get it together. You yeah, slipping. Maybe Melanie is drawing the lines. Like, no, Brian is not paying for our wedding. Well, maybe Brian said, hell no. You know, I ain't giving you <laughs> yes, nothing. You went possible. back to school. I mean, you back working yeah. and your wife is working, you know, or yeah. your fiance is working. So, no, I ain't giving out one cent. <laughs> I got Brian. I got Justin to take care of. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But y'all know how I like to joke around with Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Um, Little thought of stuff. <laughs> But kind of out of focus there, we see Brian and Justin are like still playing and uh, being uh, pretty cute in that in that scene. But yeah, like you said a while ago, Lindsay's a little uncomfortable with all of the sex talk and the mention of Ted's website. And so she says, well, can we talk about something other than sex for just a few moments? And it's like completely Girl, silent. I knew it was going to be silent. It was going to be crickets. That group is just oozing sex. You know? Yeah. Like- and they're yeah. all like, they've all got things going on. They're intelligent. They're capable of other conversation. But this is just how they relate yeah. to each other. This is how I'm going to unwind. Okay. Yeah. And hell, Debbie this is had a nothing. safe place to talk like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Debbie had nothing to say. And neither did Vic. Because they all wanted to hear the sex capades. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, girl, you're the only one. You should pack the baby up and go into the living room. Because we're over here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was completely silent. Until Emmett breaks the silence with a question about twink compensation and overtime benefits. But <laughs> <laughs> valid question, though, Emmett. Well, Lucy, Lucy, thinking about you know the 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 health and security of the talent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean somebody's got to. <laughs> mm. 
so then Justin starts to clear the table and he asks Brian to help him by grabbing something there. And Brian grabs a handful of something else. <laughs> he did get a handful. He did before oblige, obliging with a yes, dear. And he make, he himself makes like a couple joke about them. Yeah. So, I love it. it. It was it was again, that moment melted me and it melted the rest of the table, too, because they know that, you know, Brian has stepped his game up with the Justin situation, mm-hmm. but I don't think they actually get to see him in action right. like that. And that was just like one of those cutest moments. Like, help me clear the table. We're going to go to the kitchen. We're going to wash these dishes. Yeah, then they you went know? out back for a smoke. Yeah, you know? like, like, yeah well, because that's what they all say. They are floored by this interaction. The rest of the gang is. And Debbie says they're acting like newlyweds. And Mel is just like flabbergasted. Yeah. She says she never thought she'd see it. And then they all start taking bets on how long it will last or not last. That's rude. That is rude. Yeah. That ain't, um, I didn't like that. I mean, because they go from like five weeks down to 72 hours. Yeah. And it seems like this is a little late in the game for them to be thinking like, this is all a farce, like what's going on here. But the other thing is like, they don't see the Brian and Justin that we see. Right. You know? Right. They still see Brian in his old ways. Right, they, they don't definitely see, don't see the Brian that Justin sees. Yeah, they don't see that at all. But I'm glad he's finally letting that wall down and letting them get a little little glimpse of who he can be or right. who he's transitioning into, you know? Right, well, and, you know, some of them, they will, for example, like Lindsay has known him since college years and mm-hmm. then Michael has known him since 14 and the rest of them have known him for a bit of time, we don't right. know exactly how much, but, you know, a couple years and they've never seen him do anything like that. And so maybe they're just like, okay, one of these, Soon enough, you know, tomorrow or the next day or the next week, he'll go back to being the Brian we all know. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. But, but it still is rude. Right. I just felt like it. Not in that time. Like if if he was out doing some dickish shit, then yeah, say that, you know. But they was just being lovey-dovey in front of everyone, which you right. have never experienced before. And for Brian to even show you that, you should never be speaking something negative up, period. Exactly. You know? I just yeah. like to be very disrespectful. Well, Lindsay's not very comfortable with it, but also Debbie is very vocal about her disappointment. And she says, considering all they've gone through, I think their friends would be betting for the house instead of against it. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Come through, Deb. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, she's saying, like, have a little faith in your friends. And why make fun or deny them the rights of this type of happiness? Yeah. Like, even if he's never had this before, why are you going to prevent him or not believe that he could have it? So then Melanie and Lindsay leave pretty awkwardly. And it (laughs) seems like a sudden shift in Lindsay. Like, you're kind of like, where did this prude come from? You could feel the (laughs) energy change. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I guess knowing, like, we've seen her family because we saw when she went to her sister's wedding. Wedding. And so we know that her family is a little bit uptight, you know? And so she was probably raised like that also. Um, and then... Well, it's a difference when your your friends are doing the things that, you know, make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't stop someone else out in the world. And it doesn't really affect you when it's someone you doesn't know. But when you actually know these people and you interact with them every day, you know, certain situations can make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and instead of her being rude, she or rather, you know... She don't know how to, I guess, gather her her thoughts, collect her thoughts properly to articulate them in a nice way, so she's not being offensive because that's just her opinions, you know. Yeah, right. Well, and I could I could see why she's feeling the need to assure herself that her friends or just gays and lesbians the world over are not all consumed with sex and innuendo all the time because of her upbringing and I don't know maybe just because and the fact that she's trying to give she's, yeah. she's trying to push a positive narrative. When the world is looking at the gay mm-hmm. community in a negative light. So mm-hmm. she doesn't want to just be, you know, circled around 
um, sex. You know, right. there's it's more very, to it. It's very like gay as blazes, but a more like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something that's not as like over the top. Right. You know, it's kind of her thing. And that's that's the segment of the, of the population that she's representing in this argument. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess I get it. Yeah. Uh, but Melanie tells her that she wasn't serious. It was just uh, it was just a joke. Um, and Lindsay does admit, OK, maybe I'm a little bit of a prude. Um, a little bit. Yeah. But so then we go back to Michael's shop and the hot nerdy guy is back. And we learn that his name is Ben Bruckner and that he teaches gay studies as a professor at Carnegie Mellon. He's exploring homoeroticism in literature from Greek and Roman mythology all the way up to modern comic books. And Ben can see that Michael's passion for what he does is just very palpable. You know, he sees it on him. And uh, he thinks that Michael should come and talk to his classes. Like, instead of me taking a book into them, why don't you just come and talk to them? That's a compliment to Michael. I mean, it is. that's a big compliment because you're doing, and, and everything is to me for Michael is falling right into place where he needs to be. When one door closes, another, op- another opportunity opens, you know, mm-hmm. another door opens. He got his coming book store. And now, you know, he's being approached to, you know, speak to the, speak to the, the students of the college about, you know, comic books. It's something that he knows probably better than almost anybody. You know, right. this so, is his thing. Mm-hmm. If Michael can do anything, this is his thing. That is his yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's somebody validating what he does because everybody else can make fun of him for being so into comic books. True. But Ben is validating what Michael's passionate about. Yeah, and he is cute. And okay. he's cute. So there's that too. Uh, and so he's like, So, Michael, uh, do you want to come? And Michael says, Those yes. are the wrong words. He wants to come. For one. Okay. <laughs> he does wants to come. Okay. Yeah. I like the little comic book blurb that goes up on the, on the screen there. It's cute. So then we have Brian and Justin. They're out at the grocery store. Uh, and Brian and some guy are having like a size off with zucchinis there. <laughs> and of course, Brian wins. True. <laughs> So Justin comes over to tell Brian about the deal he's getting on some pasta because he's got a coupon. <laughs> and Brian's a- not happy with the couponing. I mean, this is very domestic. Yes, of the two of them. very. Okay, <laughs> very. And it was so cute. But it was funny how Brian was slipping back into old Brian and then Justin pops up, you know? Right. And just- then he's like torn in between. Yeah, yeah, like I just kind of felt bad. But I was like, boy, I was not, not for like Justin and Brian, but I wanted the other dude like, Get your bitch ass on. Go. You're, you're about <laughs> yeah. to ruin something. Like Because Justin totally clocked that he yeah. was right there when he walks in with Those the boss. He's like, I see yeah. you, and I see that you've been seeing my man. Yeah. No, no, he would look like, uh, I'm two, in, two, um, two minutes from, um, from cutting you. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is mine, okay? Yeah. I'm going to need you to go ahead and bag back, Mr. Zucchini. Yeah, but I like Brian's little comment here when Justin tells him about his couponing and how you can save so much money that way. And Brian says, well, I didn't know you were that you were so tight. And Justin goes, well, sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but So this random zucchini guy is there talking to a leather daddy, I guess. He was ugly. He tells him, see that guy over there? His name's Brian Kenny. He used to be the hottest stud on Liberty Avenue. Now he's in a relationship. Like, that's just like the worst thing ever. Oh, that made me <laughs> mad. That's why I said the dude was ugly. Because y'all over here gossiping. Yeah. About somebody that's looking happy, all right? And Hi. you see you see Justin's face, you know what I'm saying, looking all happy until he saw you over here eyeing his man, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, and then I was, I was praying, like, maybe Brian didn't hear that. Hopefully Brian didn't hear any of that, you know? Because 
I don't want him to go down this wrong path because, you know, season one, I couldn't stand Brian. And then the start of season, then at the end, I was like, okay, I love him. And then season two came out. I was like, oh my God, I just love this man. Yeah. So I'm loving what they got going on right now. I don't want anybody throwing any curveballs, any wrenches, any nothing. Like, I love this. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, but unfortunately, you can tell by Brian's face, he hears all of this. And, you know, people say that Brian doesn't care what other people think he cares. about him. And that's not, yeah, it's not entirely true. When it has no basis in what Brian thinks or believes is, is truth, then he doesn't care. But this strikes a chord. His reputation has been like carefully crafted yep. over all these years. And it's what has given him his identity and his security. So realizing like, oh no, people don't associate that with me anymore. That kind of throws him a little bit. So true. Uh, so Ted is over at his studio and he's doing the books and the profit isn't uh, that impressive. <laughs> you know, the poor guy earns like 18 bucks for eight hours of very rigorous work. <laughs> I thought we was in one of those Malaysian sweatshops, girl. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, eight hours of work, I'm pretty sure the skin is missing off that pain, okay? like That's pretty much what the guy says, yeah. And uh, so Ted's little startup is having a very slow start and Things are made worse when the main attraction quits because the benefits package is not exactly what Ted said it was going to be. I mean, you know, Ted said what he had to say to get you through the door, okay? Like, he wanted to start his business ASAP. He went very used car salesman to get him in the door, but, uh, yeah. (laughs) It worked for a short time. He got him in the door, but, uh, yeah, for a short time. He left out the door. Uh, So then we see Daphne and Justin, and I love the two of them together. I love that she's still around. So she's going to um, college in town as well. I Mm -hmm. believe she's at Carnegie Mellon studying there. And uh, it's just good to see her. Yeah, she has a a different flow on her. Like them walking through the city, they don't they no longer seem afraid and timid. Like I feel like in the um, in the first season when we would see them walk down the street you know, they were really like kids, you know? Yeah, or they're still like taking it all yeah, in. Yeah, taking all it all in. and exciting. But mm-hmm. now it's like, this is our life. Yeah, this is it. You know, like they're on they're a mission. They're smoking, they're walking. Yeah, yeah, they're just chilling. Like, I mean, she seems a little more grown in her movements, you know, like mm-hmm. experience. I mean, with Justin getting hurt, you know, grew up a little faster or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but in both of them, you can see a change, you know? Yeah, and so she's telling Justin what it's like to live in the dorms, and uh, she says her roommates don't pick up their clothes, and Justin's like, oh, well, we have a cleaning lady. <laughs> and then she complains about, oh, there's never any hot water. And Justin tells her that, well, we shower together because it's eco-conscious. Yes, come water. through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Justin's like, oh, that sounds miserable, like hearing her experience. And she's like, no, I love it because... She's getting to be out on her own. And this is a true college experience true. that she's getting to have. And yeah, and Daphne is is loving it. But Justin tells her, well, I love living here with Brian. And Daphne cautions him about getting too comfortable. She says, well, you know, that won't last. And now, she's seen the very sweet moments between those two. Like, she was there at prom. She was there when Brian recreated prom there in mm-hmm. the loft. Uh, but she's very familiar with Brian's two steps forward and five steps yeah. back as well. And so she's just I feel like hers isn't quite as harsh as the other friends because she's just like, well, you know how this usually goes. <laughs> yeah, and also, they're normally throwing jabs at Brian. She's literally like speaking from, you know, experience and like, I'm looking out for you right. because she's I love trying you. trying to protect her yeah. friend mm-hmm. yeah, in this situation. Yeah. Uh, but Justin tells her that Brian has changed and he tells her about the experience at the grocery store where he says there was a hot guy who was clearly cruising Brian and... While Brian would usually leave Justin standing there in the checkout line, he didn't do that this time. And so, you know, Justin says he barely even looked at the guy. So he's like, no, 
you know, things are changing. And I don't think it's that um that he thinks that Brian is not tricking with guys or whatever, but he's just like he's not putting that over me. Right. Anymore. Yeah. He's not prioritizing like, that. I'm a me. priority now. Yeah. So Justin and Daphne make their way up to the loft and Justin is picking up some green apples on the floor. And I don't know that the green apples are always symbolic anymore. I think that sometimes they're just there because we now associate them with Brian. But anyway, <laughs> there are green apples on the floor. <laughs> I associated the green apples with the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's like this, these little crumbs <laughs> yeah. lead to the, well, what we see. Because uh, when Justin and Daphne walk in, Brian has the zucchini man there on the couch. Okay, so this is where I get crunk. I told y'all this is where, but you know, it got real loud in here. All right, yeah, it did. So, and I told her I'm sorry if I get a little ratchet tonight because um I'm pissed off. Okay, I just talked about it. I had to hold it and play it off this whole time until now. So <laughs> you did great acting. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know. Anyway, I'm hella mad now. Okay, y'all made all this progress, all this progress, and that man ain't half as good looking. And don't can't offer you half the shit that what Justin can offer you. And you got him all up in this loft. Right. With the door unlocked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is that's disrespectful. You back to the same old bullshit ways that you are, Mr. Kenny. And this is why I didn't mess with you in the first place. And now you're doing it to Justin. Like, you're doing it to Justin when he really needs you the most. And he let his guard down. And this is what you do. Now he's embarrassed. Exactly. And that's the main thing. Like, before I can even do anything, I just told Daphne that you've changed and that you didn't. Now, Daphne doesn't know this is the guy without him telling him. But I just told Daphne, you saw this guy and didn't even think twice about him. And now here you are. (laughs) And then when I come through the door, you don't stop. You don't say nothing. You keep you keep doing your thing. And you looking in my eyes. Yeah, he just looks over at it. And there's like nothing on his face, really. He doesn't look upset or apologetic or Nothing. anything. He, he doesn't he's, look called in the act. He's Kenny. Just, yeah, he's, he's like, Kenny. this is who I am. You yeah. know this. Like, so. I'm just like, I'm done with the disrespect. Like, I just cannot with this man. Like, he sent me down a bad little hole in that scene. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, and Justin's looking at him and he's doing his best to school his features and not let on how shocked and possibly disappointed. Definitely embarrassed. I felt like you the said disappointment, though. Yeah. His eyes read it all. Yeah. Um, because he was just telling Daphne, like, I love living here, not spending the night here mm-hmm. like he did in season one. He spent several nights there. No, he's living there yes. now. And he's like, I love living here. And he just told her how much Brian has changed. And then we walk in and we see this. And like I said, Brian's been tricking, like we know that, and that that's fine. Uh, because we saw that in the episode when he was supposed to go meet Michael at the yep. convention, but he With saw the cop. the cop and got a little distracted. <laughs> but uh anyway. So he's been tricking, but this is different. Yeah, this is different. This is a slap in the face. Yeah. And also, he I'm pretty sure Justin is thinking, you just couldn't. You know, your ego was attacked and you just had to go with it. Right. You know? So again, like, he's probably disappointed. Like, bro, you was doing so good. Yeah. And now you've taken a million steps back. Not a few, not five steps, a million. Right. Because for Brian to even do the things that he was doing early on this season, I mean, that was infinity and beyond. Because we right. have never, ever seen him do I that. Mean, just you bought me a freaking computer because I was losing my mind and freaking out yep. about the possibility of me losing art and not being able to go to school. Absolutely. And I mean, I get you can say, well, Justin knows who Brian is. He know what he got. But like, no, yeah, he really you've doesn't been showing me yeah. something different. So you I know? don't know who this man is. It'd yeah. be different if he would have been consistent the whole way, you know, mm-hmm. but he hasn't. This is the same man who was sitting by my hospital bed 
You understand what? I didn't even know he was there. Right. Okay. This same man who went and bought me a computer when you know computers back then was hella expensive, <laughs> especially yeah. something interactive like that with a drawing pencil. You know, like for <laughs> yeah. real. You know, I'm not even playing. Yeah. So. No, this is not this, the same job. Yeah, job. this hurt, and I feel like Justin is justified in being hurt. He should be justified in being hurt because this boy has been doing nothing but great shit. They, their connection has been amazing. And then you do this. Like, I'm just like, mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. yeah. So we'll get into the whys of this. We know. Just hold on. We know that they're wise with this. We'll get into him. Give us time. <laughs> we got more scenes. Uh, so then at the diner, Michael, Emmett, and Ted are having breakfast, and Emmett's line, I told you so, is the first thing that we hear. And that is so clever, such clever writing, because it's right off the scene with Justin, seeing Brian, yep. going at the trick on the couch, and this is Ted realizing that his new business may be over before it really even starts. Two birds, one stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael is working through his note cards for his lecture, and Ted is uh, singing his woes, but nobody is listening to Emmett. Emmett's like, hello, do you even know I'm here? <laughs> I know. They're, yeah. they're so, like, deep involved in their own things. Yeah, that they don't even notice he's over there talking to them. <laughs> uh, well, Brian comes in, and he greets all of the guys. Michael with a kiss on the cheek, of course, and then uh, I love that he steals uh, Ted's, Ted's coffee. coffee. Yeah, and he orders his breakfast with a flourish, so much so that after hearing his order, Debbie says, well, somebody got lucky last night. Mm-hmm. And now, usually, Brian would jump all over that and give them all the details and all the what for about it. He but was tight-lipped. Here, yeah, he's very tight-lipped. He almost, like, shied away from it, you know? Like, he definitely doesn't want to expound on the subject. Because he know that was shitty. And he yeah. didn't want Debbie, or he definitely didn't want Debbie to find out it was somebody <laughs> else. Period. Okay? Because she don't care if she's at work, at the house. She don't care where she is. She gonna light his ass up. And that yeah. is what it is. Well, I think it's because Brian didn't want to think about what all was involved with that whole deal. He was just hoping, like, I'm just we're gonna move forward from that. <laughs> you right. know, that was just a no strings attached release. But he knows that there was more going on in him, right? That led him to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we all know what it was. Like, same guy was talking shit. I have to show you what it is. You right. Know? Exactly. I'm still hot. I still got it. Mm-hmm. And you still over here, my love, getting your ass torn up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, relationship that zucchini man. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, yeah, Michael's working through his speech and Ted is uh, going through his self-deprecating dialogue and Brian is demanding his breakfast, which Justin brings over. And Brian sees him and says, morning, sunshine, pulling Justin in for a kiss. It's Okay, real quick, despite everything else, I love that he is calling Justin sunshine now. Girl, okay, I'm more like on. Eclipse, okay? <laughs> more like Eclipse. Hold on. I have nothing for uh, you. But anyway, Justin asks if he can get him anything else. And Brian says, yeah. And he pulls him in for a kiss. And Justin's like, nope. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He tells him, I got to get to class. I'm going to be late. And he needed that, like... Yeah. I was so proud. Like, go ahead, Justin. Like, do not be thirsty. Don't let him let him know that there are a million fish out in that sea and that you are Justin Taylor. Okay. Yeah. You're the new and improved Brian Kenny around these parts. Okay. <laughs> well, just uh Brian shakes his head, and I don't think he's dismissing it. I think he knows, oh, this is gonna be a thing, and he's gotten himself into a bit of a situation, a bit yep. of a pickle with his sunshine and I think he was hoping that they'd be able to just like move on and pretend that nothing happened, but that's not going to be the case. You know, cause Brian is still trying to balance his reputation and his relationship. Girl, you know what? I would have loved to have known the backstory of, but 
what um Justin and Daphne discussed after witnessing that. I know. I wonder if if he was just like, okay, Daphne, Girl, see I'll you see tomorrow. You later. Yeah. I wonder, does he just like go into the loft and wait for Brian to? F- I mean, well, they were in the living room, so I guess he could go into the room, go into the room, and just like get or go take a shower and then go to bed because they have not talked about this because right. when he sees them in the morning and you would guess that Justin is working a super early shift at the diner because mm-hmm. he's still going to get off and go to class and Brian's on his way to work. So Justin had to leave the house pretty early. So Brian could have still been asleep. But yeah, I just, I, I want to know. I yes. need to see that, <laughs> you know, the script for that scene. Yeah. That what we didn't get to see. Yeah. Um. Anyway, talking about Brian with his reputation and his relationship, I think, he needs and wants both of them for different reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Justin leaves and then Michael follows him. And I really think my- Michael needs to mind his own business right here. Am yeah. I wrong? No, that's what I said. Like, Michael, don't do it. Like, for one, you don't even have Justin's best interest. You've been that's jealous the I'm whole saying. damn time. Yeah. Like, no, why are you chasing me out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we need Emmett chasing me out. Right. Somebody else. Brian should be I'd chasing me. I'd even rather Ted come chasing yeah. me out. Like, but not, not you. you. Okay. Yeah. You complain about me staying in your, your old childish <laughs> ass room. Okay. Like, get out of here. Like, no, you're going to make things worse. I, no, I thought yeah, you should no. definitely stay in his own lane. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he recognizes the face and he's like, that's the I just got screwed by Brian Kenny face and not in a good way. Uh, and Justin tells him about the trick and Michael's like, yeah, yeah. What else is new? And see, this is why I think Michael should have minded his own business because the other question, whose friend are you trying to be in this moment? Mine yep. or Brian's? Exactly, you know? because you're um, sounding hella insensitive he was, right now. Yeah, if he was trying to be Justin's friend, just listen to what I'm saying mm-hmm. and try to understand why I'm upset, why I feel this way. Don't just go into telling me, well, that's Brian being Brian. Yeah, he's you know? not going to change. That's Brian being Brian. Okay, yeah. I know that, bitch. I know that. Can you get out of my face? <laughs> Next. Okay, right. like, I thought you were going to come out here and give me something. Brian, you didn't and even anything. what Michael says that Brian's not going to change, that's not exactly true, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, if Michael would have seen what we've seen, definitely what Justin has seen, maybe he would understand why Justin was upset. And see, this is why you don't speak on your friends' relationships, because mm-hmm. you don't know all the ins and outs. You sure do not. <laughs> yeah. Stay in your lane. So again, that's why I'm like, Michael, stay out of this. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's not who Michael is, because he's Debbie's son. <laughs> so, <laughs> He earned it um, honestly. Yeah, well, so, yeah, but Justin hasn't really learned that lesson yet. Plus, Michael is something like a friend to him. And that's not a diss against Michael because, like you said, Michael hated him or <laughs> at least was jealous and resentful in yes. season one. So they're just now coming around to something like a friendship. And so maybe that's why Justin is talking to him. I'm still trying to see how. Like, when? Yeah. <laughs> Michael, when is it? They haven't done anything to even gain a friendship. Right. He's yeah. still negative. He definitely shouldn't be trusting him, but yeah. yeah. I mean, from the start of season two, he was like, you dance with Justin. Yeah, like, and then even last episode, he's like, well, Justin was almost dead a couple yeah. months ago. And it's like, so, I don't know. No, like, Michael, you want to talk to him about your relationship? Yeah, yet. like, he ain't the one. Okay, Michael's no. definitely not the one. Uh, so Justin's like, okay, well, if all of those things are true about Brian, then why am I, why am I there? Uh, if Brian's not going to change, why have me there at the loft? And mm-hmm. Michael says, it's because you took a bat to the head and he feels guilty. And that is the thing that Justin feared. I think that's probably the fear in the back of Justin's mind anyway. And then Michael says it was, first of all, Michael, shut your mouth. Oh, that wasn't a question for you to answer. Girl. You should have said, go talk to Brian about that. Yeah. 
But well, that's a good question. Maybe we, should, we definitely need to, you know, talk to Brian about that. But don't be like, oh, because of this and this and that. For one, you're not Brian. Don't put words in his mouth. You know what I'm saying? Right. Two, that's hurtful as hell. That really is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, then, and then after, he's like, oh, well, I didn't mean it to come across like that. How did you mean for it to come across? He's a miserable motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> like, he's miserable. He can't keep no man. He's chasing Brian. <laughs> Brian don't want him. He had a sucky job. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, he's miserable. And he's yeah. coming for the young person who's out here thriving and doing it. Mm-hmm. I guess now he feels like Justin's in last place. Remember last episode, he yeah. was in last place. For real. <laughs> for real. Now he's yeah. like, okay, I got my foot above somebody. I got my foot yeah. on somebody's neck. Anyway, just not cool, Michael. Not cool. Not cool at all. And then he yells, oh, well, sorry, but it's too late. Justin's already gone. It's like, and you already said it. And let know? me just add this in. This is an 18-year-old, and these are 30-year-olds that are trying to diminish his little light. Like, I mean, yeah. this is terrible. That was terrible. That was a terrible little little conversation Michael did. Like, you should know better. Yeah. You know better than that. Yeah, and like I said, it's too late because the seed is already planted. And again, I go back to, this is why Michael should have just stayed in his lane because he just yep. put his foot in his mouth. And whether he did it intentionally or unintentionally, he did it. He did it, yeah. Um, so over at the gym, Ted is dealing with his uh, failing venture and he's counting bicep curls to the thousands that he's lost <laughs> on, <laughs> on jerkatworks.net since he lost his talent, which... I don't know what possessed him to launch his website with only one attraction anyway. I don't know. And it seems like he didn't do no type of advertisement or anything. (laughs) Like, you threw all this money into this business and you had one attraction. Yeah. Well, he's invested about like 10 or 11,000 in this. And it seems like it's all going to go down the drain. And Emmett offers him the air mattress and a spare key at his apartment with Michael. <laughs> and I think that's more depressing to Ted than losing the $11,000. <laughs> Absolutely. He's not here for that. Okay. Yeah. But then Emmett sees Zach O'Toole pumping some iron. And he tells Teddy that he has an idea of how to get him some um, bigger talent. <laughs> so they go, over to, talent. they go over to Zach O'Toole. And with a bit of a visual aid, he eventually remembers who Emmett Girl, I was dead because he did. He definitely did. But the fact that he had to open his mouth twice, he had to like reposition the jaw like a snake. You know, I love. I'm like, oh, it's unhinge it, yeah. Okay, you gonna unhinge that jaw like that? It made him remember. It did. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly who Emmett was after that. And so then they follow him into the steam room and convince him to appear on Ted's website. I'm thinking. Because Emmett's like, I told you, you needed some better talent. You need something bigger to draw people in. So now they've secured Zach O'Toole. They did. But he right. says, you know, but it's pending my other field, my other production, which is backsides in motion. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're going to pay him $1,000. They're going to give him a limo and champagne and, you know. And roll. a personal fluffer, girl. Yeah. Yeah. We know who that fluffer going to be. <laughs> I okay. think that would be Mr. Emmett. Honey it is cut. because he didn't saw the light and now he's back. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. this time he, he can... missed out last time. He's like, I will not do that. This yeah. Time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm very proud of him though, passing that up because, okay, we'll talk about Mr. O'Toole's tools a little later. <laughs> but yes, very yeah. proud that he, you know, he he had the strength to pass that up. Yeah. Um. So then Brian is driving Michael to Carnegie Mellon for his little guest lecture. And Michael is nervous about his speech. And Brian asks, well, why did you agree uh, if you're second and third guessing yourself? And Michael says, well, because the professor is is hot. Well, now Brian's interested. I can't stand him. <laughs> but uh, Michael tells Brian to back off because he saw him first. He's like, but also you're living with someone. And Brian corrects him and says, no, someone is living with me. 
Michael says, well, yeah, well, either way, you're all comfy and cozy with him, except when you're throwing your tricks in his face. And Michael's kind of like, ups- I, I don't, I can't figure out what he's upset about. Is he supposed to be upset on Justin's behalf? Because nope. I don't believe he's it. He's not upset on Justin's behalf. He's just trying to get the dig on onto Brian. And also he's nervous. So he's deflecting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, but Brian's a little perturbed by what he says. And he tells Michael, well, that's not any of your business who I'm tricking with, nor is it Justin's business. I don't know that I agree with that, but it's not Michael's business at all, it's but definitely it's not definitely Michael's. Justin's business. <laughs> yeah. I sleep with you every day. Okay? Right. And I live here. I live here. Okay. Yes. That for one, that should have been boundary set. Like, okay, I know this is your apartment, but Clearly, it's going to be ours. Mm-hmm. So, no no fucking on the couch when I come home. You know what I'm saying? We're <laughs> randoms, okay? Yeah. I sit there, okay? None of that. None in the bed. Matter of fact, you got bread. Take these little skanks over to the little Motel 6 and call yeah, the day. Don't I mean, flaunt that in my face. That's that's what I would assume would happen, but I don't know. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure the other thing is like, like Justin told Daphne, he's at his sexual peak. So I'm pretty sure that they are getting it on most every night. So yeah. Justin's like, okay, well, if I'm at home and you're at home, why do you need somebody else? Yeah, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm just, I don't understand it. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't. And yeah, so I do not agree. Justin is definitely it's his business. Yeah. Uh, well, Michael tells Michael's feet are very cold. <laughs> you know, getting ready to go in here. He's close to backing out, and Brian tells him. Well, you made a commitment, and so you have to follow it through. And Michael says, well, a lot you know about making commitments, to which Brian replies, which is why I never do. Mm. Um, well, I mean, he ain't lying, but <laughs> he, he, I'm going to let it go. We're going to let it go Yeah, I'm going to let it go. Let's move on. Yeah. So Michael is worried about making a fool of himself <laughs> with this lecture, and it doesn't help that when he's walking in to find the classroom... He's looking like super geekish, like he's back in high school, dropping his stuff. And I know, it was sad. It was, but also here's two students behind him talking, and uh, they're talking, comparing Foucault to Batman, and it just makes him feel foolish and inadequate. Yeah. Yeah, I wish he would have never heard that, because he was already, you know, on the la- on the rocks of how he was feeling anyway, and yeah. then to hear them, before he even gets there to even speak, to hear them, you know, talking negatively... Just kind yeah. of like, you know. I know. Well, because I don't hate Michael. Michael gets on my nerves and he is annoying sometimes. Not so much on Michael, though. But uh, but I just said I don't hate Michael, so... But, but annoying, <laughs> don't though. Don't be cutting your eyes at me. Well, he is annoying sometimes, and you know it. Just rephrase your, le- your words, baby. <laughs> rephrase them. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't want bad for him, you know, and, and I don't like for him to feel that way, to feel inadequate. True, I, 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 do. I don't want that. For and, yeah, and you're right. Michael gets on my nerves too at times, but he's still my baby. You know, <laughs> still yeah. my baby. Uh, so Lindsay is home and she's looking through some bridal magazines. And Mel comes in from work, and uh, she makes another joke about Ted's website just to poke at Lindsay. And I, I guess she just does it just to see if Lindsay's still. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking like, why that. would she do that? Yeah, she knew how that made Lindsay feel, but clearly we found out why. Yeah, well, she. So when she makes a joke about Ted's website, Lindsay says, I don't understand how why a nice and intelligent person would go through with something like that or would do something like that. And so I guess it's like we talked about this while we were watching the show, but it's one thing just to know that it exists. But then when it's like somebody that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's in your life regularly, maybe it's because it's so close to home. Right. Now, Lindsay has the problem with it. She's like, yeah, it's fine but- for people, strangers to do it. But but she's so judgy, though. With yeah. It. Like. You can't be judgmental. Mm-hmm. You were upset that your parents were judging your lifestyle, but now you're judging somebody else's. 
Exactly. Like those are your choices and this is their choices. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't stand firm on one and then not on the other. Like you either yeah. gonna let some, let everybody live freely and have their own choices without judgments, or you're gonna be a hypocrite. Like I mean, your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so she asks Mel to look at the magazines with her, and Melanie goes to find a very special one that's tucked away in a box and inside a book. And Melanie tells her that when she came out, her father told her that he never wanted to see her again. So she had to find a way to support herself financially. And to do that, she posed nude in a magazine. And Lindsay is shocked to see her uh, spread, which takes up several pages. Girl, it was gorgeous. I thought so. It was tasteful. great. Yeah, it looked amazing. It was tasteful. She been rocking that same hairstyle. Yo, I can't believe she had that hairstyle for 20 years, girl, for real. She could have had a wig on or something. Like, you in college with that same cut? Your parents knew before you even told them, girl. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Okay? Like, they knew. They knew you didn't fool nobody. He was just waiting for you to say them words so he could cut the money off. That's all he wanted to do. He didn't want to give you nothing. He yeah. knew. But I like that Lindsay, I'm sorry. I like that Melanie doesn't look ashamed. Like she knows why she did what yeah. she did. And it was her choice. Yeah, she you did know? that on her She's own. She's like, I did this to take care of me. And so she doesn't look ashamed. If anything, she just looks a little nervous about what Lindsay's, Lindsay's reaction gonna think. is mm-hmm. going to be. Yeah. But that just goes to show you, you should not judge people based on their covers or their center spreads. That part, okay? Or their center spreads. Because when I say it was everything, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was. And she was able to get that law degree that's taking care of your ass right now, girl. Yeah, she said she paid for that current year and the next year. And that next year, okay? Because if she (laughs) wouldn't, she would have been hustling somewhere on the street, somewhere struggling. And we all know your little art teaching ass ain't making no coin. So, I mean, she had to do something. Okay. So thank God she did do that. And you live in this big, beautiful house. And you got a baby. You didn't work for forever. She didn't cash in her little savings and all yeah. that stuff. So y'all can make it. So get up off that judgy high horse, girl. Get up That's off of right. it. Right. Let me get you a ladder so you can climb right thank on down. You. Mm-hmm. you get your little step, <laughs> little stepper. Yeah. Uh, so Ted and Emmett are preparing for Zach O'Toole to arrive at the studio they have the flowers out, the pillows are fluffed, um, and they have 500 subscribers ready for some action. Yes, they came yes. through for that. So they stand to make like $15,000 is the math that Ted does on this. I think I'm in the wrong industry. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you yeah. I will be your manager. For real. Like, I, girl, we can get my, to the... Give me my percentage. Yes, we'll get to the bag. I just don't want you on set. Let's, let's just get to the let's I don't get to the bank. Yeah, I don't want you on set. I, I don't want to be. On yeah, but say we we too close, girl. We know you my whole life. I cannot. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. But uh, yeah, wrong industry. Fifteen thousand. Like in one. I get. I don't I, know if that's until a, he finished a month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It probably ain't even a month. It was for that session. It could have been. Yeah, it's like pay per view. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was pay per view. Yeah. And that's and and then the industry was brand new, so let's the price talk was about expensive. This. You know, when we get off air, let's let's see if we can. <laughs> <laughs> You're not for the pimp me out. Hold up. Uh uh-uh. uh. Why does it turn into pimping when I try to get my cut? <laughs> right. Well, you know. the idea. Well, true. You're right. Well, we'll converse later. We'll converse later. <laughs> Uh, so they get a phone call from Zach, and he tells them that his other production is running behind, and he's not going to make it. So Ted has a bit of a crisis on his hands. He does, but I don't know if you peeped, though. We finally got to see Mr. O'Toole's tools, okay? <laughs> it, with his back turned and his leg closed, it was past his knee and thick, okay? <laughs> and thick comes back. I thought that was the guy's arm, the guy from the... Yeah, mm-hmm, you know, normally I rewind, but I didn't want to do all that tonight. But I was like, oh, oh, oh my God. Okay. 
he needs solos only because he can't he can't be in no one okay because that's a destroyer okay that that was the devastator you let me move us forward yes go so, go so like i said ted has a crisis on his hands and he looks over and sees emmett there and he's like get on the bed Yo, he was he was crazy in that moment. Like I have yeah. never seen Ted like that before. He was upset. So money make you go crazy when you're losing. It really it. does. Yeah. Like God, he was so aggressive. He was a tyrant. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Uh, but uh, so when Emmett goes and he stands over there, I just noticed that this is a different kind of outfit for Emmett. You he know, normal. Yeah, it's normal. It's baggy and just yeah. But his personality and his wardrobe are quite versatile. So. Mm-hmm. I guess whatever it works. Uh, but initially Emmett is not up for this. He's like, uh no, you can find somebody else. But then when Ted mentions that thousand dollars he's paying, Yo, he immediately gets him. Oh, okay, well, yeah, then, he's like, well, you can't do a favor for a friend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Loved it. Okay. I'm here for the bag. Okay. Yeah. I want my bag. Cause you know he don't give a damn. He's gonna he gonna um house clean naked. All yeah. of that. Okay. Yeah, so, he does what he has to do for his coins. Is. And if he can get a thousand dollars for ten minutes. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so Justin is at the loft and he's working on a project. He's drawing on his computer there. And Brian comes over and he's massaging his shoulders mm. and he's kissing him. And Don't touch me. He is making it known how he wants to spend the evening. And Justin tells him to stop. Well, Brian asks if he has something better to do. And Justin says, homework. And that's not a big enough deterrent for Brian. So he keeps trying to seduce him. But from the minute that Justin felt Brian's hands on him, you could see in his face that he was not in the mood. It was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah, no. No. Uh, What I felt when that thing happened, it was a song that popped into my head. And it was literally, um, and I don't own the rights to this, and girl don't sue, none of that. But Sierra Cookies, like, keep on looking. But these cookies, they stand in the jar. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh. See, this is why I don't cue up music for me, because you do that. I'm just saying. (laughs) But yeah, Justin's like, no, because they still have not, they haven't talked about what happened. it. Yeah. yeah. And Justin's just not okay with it. Uh, but like I said, you know, Brian keeps trying and he finally realizes that he's getting nowhere with Justin. Um, and Brian says, you're not still upset about Zucchini Man, are you? He says, I don't even remember him or it. It was nothing. And that's actually pretty significant. To me, if it was nothing, then why do it? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, okay. So let's break it down. So he offers that to Justin, telling him it was nothing, like, I don't even remember him. It was nothing. Brian never explains or excuses himself. He doesn't. He, he does doesn't. not do that. But he knows that he has to address this issue with Justin. Um, and so here he is trying to assure him it was meaningless. It was nothing. And now connection and emotion wise, it was meaningless. But the action itself was not entirely no, no, it meaningless because this was about Brian's ego. And so the guy may have been meaningless. But like I said, the action was not. But there was no emotion behind it. And Justin knows there's no emotion right. behind and yeah, it. So he's not worried about that because that's what he says. He's like, I'm not I'm not worried about that guy. Like, I don't know. It's not about that. He's like, I know who you are. Yeah. I don't expect you to change. No. You know, I don't want you to. Right. But they just had such good chemistry these last couple of weeks or mm-hmm. I don't, a month, I would say, you know, gauging. I don't know the time period, time period for real. But since we since this season has started, their chemistry and their bond has just been so tight, so yeah. close. You would think that Brian would have curved that guy just right. because, you know, how him and Justin have been rocking. So w- when Justin witnessed that, he already knows what it is. Like, I mean, like you said, he yeah. knows what it is, but he's disappointed. 
It's not so much hurt. It's more like embarrassment and disappointed in you. Like, we've made this much progress and then you're doing this shit for no reason. Because if he just saw a hot guy and went after him at Woody's or at Babylon, whatever, it's like, that's fine, whatever, because Justin could do the same thing and probably would do the same thing, but that's not what this was, you know? I think seeing Brian have that need to prove his status and defend his reputation and refute the gossip about him being in a relationship, all of that caused Justin to lose his footing or to lose his... I guess it's kind of understanding or his security about where they were because he was thinking one thing or was under a certain impression based on how things had been going. Then it's like, oh, whoa, maybe I miscalculated and misread this whole thing. And it feels a lot like last year he was when Brian was denying everything about them. And I think Justin thought they were past that. And so that's why the question is, why am I here? Not why are you still tricking? If this is just some outpatient recovery with sex on the side, like, I don't want that. I thought we were together. And that includes, you know, Brian being Brian, because even in the Pride episode, he's like, no, go do your thing. Go be you. But now Justin's saying, have you just been doing all these things for me and with me because I was hurt, but nothing has really changed between us, It's like relationship wise. And so, yeah, I don't think the trick was the issue, but the trick did trigger those uncertainties. And it kind of made Justin and Brian see that there was a need to establish an understanding and maybe create some boundaries. For Brian's part, he had a point to make. He needed to make the point that I'm still that guy. Like, I'm still the stud. And that is what's bothering Justin. The fact that you needed to make that point and that was more important to you. Like, you prioritized making sure that they knew that you were still the stud of Liberty Avenue. You didn't want anybody to think that we're in a relationship, that what we have is more significant in any way than your reputation. That is what Justin is bothered I mean, by. I kind of understand it because it happened to me and Brad once. One time I took my ring off Ooh. and I wanted to see if I still had it. Not like to go out and actually have sex with anybody, but, you know, see if I could get hit on, if I could pull, if I had it. And I did. And I forgot to put the ring back on, though. Oh. And uh, yeah, so I got caught and Brad called me out and he, yeah, he was just like, you know, why do you need to be reassured like that? Like, I'm I'm yeah. enough for you. I'm mm-hmm. here. You know, like, da-da-da-da. Yeah. So, I understand both sides. I understand. No, yeah, but, yeah. I totally get mm-hmm. what Brian's going. And this is new for Brian, too. Like, mm-hmm. that, like we said earlier, that has been his security and his identity. Him being the son of Liberty Avenue. Him being the thing that people desire, that they want. Right. That's been sure for him. This thing with Justin is new. And I still don't think that Brian's convinced that that's going to last you know and so right. i i feel like he is torn now i do think this was a kind of a jerk move but i do get why he was why he was um torn i think it would probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal either if he hadn't just told his best friend that things are different right. now after mm-hmm. she was telling him to you know guard himself and then they walk in and boom not only did he witness it, she did. And now he has to explain this. You right. Know? Well, because Justin is thinking that they are together, even with the tricking or whatever. Justin's right. thinking we're together and that means something, something different than it did, let's say, in like season one or whatever. But then Brian goes out of his way to assure some random guy in a grocery store that he's still the hottest stud. And so it's like, you cared more about assuring him. But so that's what we get to in this scene. He's like, okay, now give me some assurance what Justin's eventually going to ask for in this scene. So we've talked about how Justin is having his own identity crisis post-bashing, but I think Brian's having one too, in a way, you know? Right. Uh, So as we get further into the scene, I do like how it was shot. Now, I'm not a theater major and I did not go to film school. So it's just my opinion. And I you did might, though. I like yeah, it. Yeah, you did. 
But I love how it was shot, how it was on the mouth. very tight on their mouth, because mm-hmm. I feel like the questions and the confessions in this scene are so important. It's mm-hmm. like, whatever we say here, what we talk about here, this is going to be important in our relationship, yep. because there are things that Justin is needing to hear from Brian right. in this scene. And so I love that close up. It was, it was a close up. There was no distractions. We didn't mm-hmm. get to see their faces, like their eyes. There was like their no bo- background. This isn't about what our bodies no, do. It was about you all know my audio. body's gonna respond to your body. Yes. So this wasn't about what they're about their bodies. It was yeah. all audio. It was all dialogue in mm-hmm. it. So I love the fact that they did shoot just the mouth. Yeah. You know? And I will say Justin Taylor has a beautiful mouth. He uh, does. It was very, very sexy. Um, but yeah, it was it was really, really good just the way that scene was shot. All we saw was his head tilted and the fact that he was like, I mean, focused in on Brian mm-hmm. and then just his mouth. So you can see that he was determined. He was gonna ask his questions. Nothing was going to deter him from asking these tw- questions. He didn't care what the answer was, but I needed to know. He's like, I, yeah, I have to know. So mm-hmm. that's what he does. He asks him point blank, "Why am I here?" The question that he asked Michael, it's like, "I'm going to actually go to you know to mm-hmm. the stores. So why am I here?" And Brian tries to tell him about the birds and the bees and his parents, and, and he's like, "No, Kenny avoidance." Mm-hmm. And Brian, Justin's like, "No, nope, I'm not doing that with you. I'm not going there." He's not having it. He says, "You know what I mean? Is it because you feel guilty about what happened?" Would I be here if I hadn't gotten bashed in the head? And girl, that silence yeah. was mm-hmm. all the answers he needed. Yeah, Brian doesn't give him an answer. He can't even look at him. And so, yeah, Justin takes his silence as his answer. And I was screaming in the background, pack your shit, baby. Pack your <laughs> shit and get was. up out of there. Okay. <laughs> he literally was. As Justin was doing just that. <laughs> uh, but Brian looks away and he can't answer. And I suspect it's not because what Justin said is the complete truth. But Brian's just not ready to admit the whole truth. He would have to admit his feelings. Right. And so and he, he's not ready. Like I said, he's still trying to straddle that fence between his reputation and his relationship and his code and what he's always believed and always thought. Like, I don't do love. I don't do relationships. I don't make commitments to people. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody is that significant in my life. Like, I'm my own man kind of thing. Right. Um, but then here's Justin who's here. And, you know, <laughs> and so he, yeah, he's being put in that situation. And, so at that moment, when Justin's like, give me an answer right now, Brian's not yeah. emotionally prepared to do no. it yet. And he clams up. We can see mm-hmm. Brian, Brian Kenny clams up. Yeah. But Justin isn't waiting around. He's like, if I'm some form of penance or and then when your guilt is paid, you're going to be done with me. Then I'm just going to leave yeah, let now. Let me go now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has no interest in being that. Yeah. And again, that's something that I admire about him because. There are other people that would be glad to be there and hang around for whatever Brian wants them there for. But Justin's like, nah, you're not going to treat me like that. No, not at all. He's going to demand some respect. And we all know that Justin loves Brian. So the fact that he would just, he could sacrifice and cut those off. Like, I mean, he's he's still going to love him. But to sacrifice, you know, hey, I may lose this guy if I leave. Right. You know, and he does it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, he's going to put his foot down and say what he has to say, which could jeopardize his stay. And I, I definitely respect that. He is, and like I said before, he is a very, very mature kid. He I don't really know at is. 18 if I could have ever been half as mature as he was. No, I, that relationship would just ruin me. I could, yeah, no. <laughs> I could not, yeah. I did not have that maturity yeah, in me. Yeah, but so even though Brian wasn't ready to verbalize his answer, he definitely knew it. Uh, you can see the look on his face when Justin leaves and he's there rubbing a finger over Justin's drawing and he's squeezing the bridge of his nose and it almost looks like he's about to you know, come to tears mm-hmm. because he knows the answer. And he's like, I think he's realizing I'm kind of in a corner. I'm either going to have to let this go, risk losing this, or I'm going to have to put some words together. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm dying to see where we're going with this, though, because I've been asking you, we, we, 
do they make it? Do they not make it? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. it's too sweet. Like, it's yeah. so good. So then Ben shows up at Michael's shop and he wants to reschedule because Michael was supposed to come do the guest lecture and he didn't So Michael show up. went, but he did not yeah. perform. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah that's, how, yeah, that's where we find out. Yeah, he did not. He didn't go through with it. And uh, he tells him, well, you know, who am I in comparison to those other scholars that those students were talking about? And Ben tells him that what you know is just as valuable as those other people. And I think that, you know, that's very true. And that's something that I think Michael needed to hear. And sometimes we have to hear as well. You know, Michael is an expert in his own field. Right. And Ben is telling him that um, he radiates that passion, which he, he really he does. does. Mm-hmm. He does. It is true. And you do need, sometimes you do need those words of encouragement. So it's like somebody else outside looking in is telling you this about yourself who has no clue who you really are. I mean, you have no choice but to kind of really believe it. Like, clearly I'm doing something right. So he definitely needed to hear that. Well, yeah, the thing about Ben is he sees Michael for Michael. Mm -hmm. The rest of them might see him as Debbie's son or Brian's friend Mm -hmm. or whatever, but he sees Michael for Michael. So true. So over at Ted's studio, uh, the subscribers are bailing, and Ted is telling Emmett to go on and get to it. Yeah, take <laughs> it to off. Do something, yeah. And Emmett starts undressing, and he has a nice little body there. Girl, his body is banging. Actually, uh, he he's, he wears too many clothes. He's always wrapped up. That's what I always say. He has a scarf on, a sweater, yeah. a jacket, pants, boots. I mean, come on, like show that body was tight. Okay. <laughs> Uh, is this too much for friendship? I mean, Ted's like, get over there, do this, do that. I mean, this feels Ted like a is lot. Desperate, okay? Yeah. So he is not bullcrapping at all. Like, no, <laughs> you're gonna get over there, you're gonna strip down, and you're gonna do it now. He pushed him, and, and I'm surprised that Emmett was able to rise for the occasion. <laughs> it was too much pressure for me. I definitely yeah. could have not. Um, but uh, you know, Emmett starts out a little camera shy, but. He eventually gets into it and like, okay, let's get this show on the road. He sure did, girl. (laughs) So the subscribers hang around. In fact, they come back. The numbers go up. He did more than Zach He really did, yeah. And uh, And surprisingly, he has more. If you know what I mean, yeah. than Zach O'Toole. He's a, uh, a grower, not a shower, mm-hmm. which is a thing. But I you guess. didn't start with them tall and skinnies, though. <laughs> it's them tall and skinnies. I knew it. I knew it. The tall and skinnies. Okay, writing it down. Yeah, take that mental note, girl, when you're choosing. Then we see Michael in the lecture hall, and he's giving his speech. He showed up. You know, they rescheduled, and he showed up this time. It is also a slow start, but with Ben's encouragement, um, he puts his cards down and he just goes for it. And that's what I was saying. I was yeah. like, Michael, be you. You reading off cards is not you. What makes you interesting and what makes it so fun to hear you talk about these comic books is the actual passion and love you have for them. Mm-hmm. It just rolls out of you because it's something that you love. But when you're trying to force it, it didn't come off natural. Nobody was connecting with it. But as soon as he dropped those cards, I mean, he had the audience laughing. I mean, he had yeah. them engaged. He, he had them. He hooked them. Yeah, and this is the true and real Michael, which even though we're in season two, this is very rare that we get right. to see just Michael as himself, not trying to be who Brian wants him to be, mm-hmm. trying to be who Debbie wants him to be, trying to be who Andrew from the Big Q wants him to be, right. or, or David, or, or anybody. Dr. David, or anybody. You know, this is just Michael being Michael. And it's it's good to um He tells them how he discovered comic books. He tells them that how he relates to these superheroes and how they're like him and their secret identities because... They're more meek and they're not the popular kid. And he could relate to that when he was growing up. And he said what he loved about them is that they are survivors. Despite everything that gets thrown against them, 
all this crazy stuff in in these worlds, you know, that are in the comic books. Despite it all, they they survive and they win, and that really meant something to him yeah. as a as a gay kid and then a gay man. I mean, when he said, it, I was like, oh my god, it really touched me mm-hmm. for real because the gay community has been through so much. Yeah, you know, and and still until just a few years ago. We would just started getting the rights that I feel like should have already been given to us, you know? Right, and still have a way to go. And still got a way to go. And for Michael, who was always looking for a hero to worship, mm-hmm. these comic book characters filled in they did. that for him. They did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, that, that was some truth in that. I mean, that really touched me. That mm-hmm. was an excellent saying. So whoever wrote that, whichever writer wrote that, y'all did wonderful with that. <laughs> so then we see Justin, a very wet Justin and rain-soaked Justin, going back to Debbie's house, and he asks if his old room is still available and it's pouring rain outside and it's nighttime and so she knows without having to ask what's up yeah Mm -hmm. which is why in the very next scene we see her at woody's with brian love this scene absolutely love Love this this scene scene. oh my gosh it's so good debbie's like one of the boys one of the guys i ain't gonna say boys because she's too strong to be a boy Mm -hmm. like one of the guys she has she holds the, the tough conversations that nobody wants to have you know, like she don't care about offending Brian. She doesn't care about offending Michael, whatever the case. If it's on her mind and she needs to speak it, she's going to say it. Yeah. And she's going to say it with, you know, some convection with it. Like mm-hmm. if she meant it. <laughs> yeah. You know, for all of Brian's hot air and bravado, he is really just like a wounded and emotionally stunted person who wants to be loved and not be hurt, uh, but who doesn't really trust or believe that that's possible. Yep. Because the two or three people, if you count his sister, who were supposed to love him by default, didn't. They abused, manipulated, and neglected him in childhood. And Mm -hmm. even now, as an adult, they continue to do that. And so here's this young, bright-eyed, and sunshiny kid named Justin. And Brian is thinking, how could he love me? Like, there's no way that this is real. There's no way this is anything. Um, But there's another ingredient at work here. And that's the fact that somehow Justin really did get to him. And we'll we'll talk about this through Debbie in a minute. Uh, but yeah, so we're so used to this puffed up, full of hot air Brian. And when Debbie is talking to him, he's still trying to be that. But you can tell he's already deflated a bit. Yeah, so let's just kind of go through what she says to him. And what he says to her, because he pushes right back, but mm-hmm. she's persistent, so. And Debbie is upset on Justin's behalf. And she says, well, hasn't he been through enough? And um, she tells Brian, I'm here because I care about him and you only care about. And then Brian cuts her off and he's like, yeah, I already know what you guys think of me. Like, let's just get to the point. Right. Yeah. Why are you here? What do you have to say? He's over all the usual insults. So Debbie says, well, I don't want Justin hurt. And Brian says, well, that's life, isn't it? Surprise. Like people get hurt kind of thing. But I think he just he's still trying to fight. You know, he's still trying to keep that mask on so well, you trying keep justifying to... brian kenny for us girl no, no 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 i'm just saying on his behalf that's what he's trying to, <laughs> to do yeah uh but anyway we'll keep moving debbie says well you think you've got she's like sick of it she's over Me too. this whole thing that he's you know doing and so she just cuts to the heart of it and she says you think you got everybody fooled but not me I've known you too long and regrettably too, too well. well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she just had to slip that that jab in there. Uh, but she says, I know that you care about him as much as he cares about you. I almost cried. Yeah, but she says, but only you haven't got the uh, cojones. The big hairy cojones. <laughs> yeah, okay. to, to say it. And then he says, well, maybe I could borrow yours. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, whatever it takes. 
Because Debbie got some big balls. I, I said that before, though. Yeah. She's going to say what's on her mind, and she doesn't care how you take it. But she is a very loving person. So if she feels like, you know, you're stepping off the wrong track or whatever the case, she's going to get you together. Yeah. And get you together real quick. Well, and Brian's just and that's her back son. at her. Right. It basically is her son. But he's just firing back at her because she's getting too close. Yeah. And the conversation is getting too close. Mm-hmm. And so I think he knows he's fighting a losing battle, but he's still... That's just his second nature yeah. to try. He to, has to keep it up to push off that. Mm-hmm. You know any type of conversation like that. Um, but she's she hitting says, that nail. You know, though. Hey, whatever it takes to for you to admit that you love him, and he just kind of puts his head down in acceptance and in defeat because she's not going to drop it and he can't deny it. No. You know, really. But his silence again was an answer enough answer yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And then she says, and I know that you do, despite all your efforts to never let another heart touch yours. She says, and that's assuming you have one. <laughs> We're dealing with Debbie here. She's going to throw a little jab. She's yeah. a little jab. And she says, that little persistent kid has somehow gotten in under the wire. And that's what's happened, huh? Admit the truth. Admit that you you love him, don't you? And he, he can't say anything uh, because Brian's not going to tell a lie. And no. so to deny it would be a lie. He only lies to himself. True. That's true. So he's silent. So that yeah. was the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I love where he lets out that last puff of air right there. Because like I said, he's been so full of hot air. Like that's his personality. But he's just been deflating. And as she is just reading the truth to him, that last little puff of air when she's like, you love him, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just like, just huffs out <laughs> that yeah. last little bit. And he's like, okay. And this is where it's just raw and honest Brian. That's just the truth. You true. Know? And then she says, I thought so. And then she tells him, well, you need to tell him. Tell him what you could never say to Michael. And then, girl, I fell out on the floor, okay? <laughs> like, I was dead. I said, Deb, you can lift that part out. You don't have to shave Michael like that. Don't shave my boot thing like that. Yeah. She came through with the final, like, the uppercut. <laughs> yeah. And I I mean, I guess people could say, well, why, why bring that up? Uh, but what she's saying is, I know what you feel for Justin is not what you, what feel. you feel for Michael, mm-hmm. what you've ever felt for him. And you, you never be able to tell Michael that because it would not be true. Right. You never be able to tell him you love him in that way because it, it wouldn't be true. Now, some people, I think, misinterpret that as well, you love Michael, but you're too scared to tell him. So no. You're not as scared to tell Justin. So tell him. I think that's the wrong interpretation. If anybody's interpreting um, interpreting it like that, then no, they're wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your opinion is not wrong. Okay, your, <laughs> it's, it's also your opinion, your opinion but that's not opinion. the intention of the writers of yes, the show. That part. Because <laughs> Debbie has made it clear all along that she knows that Brian's never going to give Michael what he wants. Even way back in early season one, she's like, I know he's not going to give you that. I know what you're looking for. You're Mm -hmm. not going to get that from him because he does not love you in that way. He's not going to. And she's not saying like, she's not necessarily mad at Brian for that. She's mad at Michael for continuing to hope for it. I guess she's mad at Brian for the times when he dangles that in front of him, knowing he's never going to deliver on it. But she just knows that's a fact of life. Yeah. But yeah, she tells him that you need to tell Justin. And so Brian's thinking about it. He's just sitting there with his head down on the bar looking just he looks sad yeah resolved and defeated he's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like crap i fell in love <laughs> but i'm happy when, but you because you know i was on that i hate brian train but then yeah. when this interaction happened i was like oh 
I'm, yeah. I'm coming back on over. I'm coming back, baby. Yeah. So we go over to Babylon and Ted is passing out business cards. He walk, He's walking through with a new confidence. Okay. He, he got a strut on him. His yeah, head he held high. he got a swagger high. on him now. And Emmett has a fan there after his very inspiring performance is what the guy says. And he asks Emmett for an autograph. And I love that he writes a whole novel. <laughs> On his <laughs> penis, okay? Yeah. So I'm thinking right and there. it fits. The whole novel yeah. fits. So I'm like, Ted, you should be getting your second talent lined up right now <laughs> because he wrote literally a soliloquy on yeah. his shit, okay? A whole monologue <laughs> on this man's peen. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy. So in this scene, we also get um, Emmett's porn name based on uh, your childhood pet in the street you grew up on. And so for Emmett, the pet is Fetch. And he grew up at the corner of Mason Dixon, mm. which of course he did, because from Mississippi. Yes. But so Fetch Dixon is born. So what would be your porn name? My porn name would be um well mine wouldn't be good because I lived on an avenue. So it'd be Zeus Avenue. Fifth Avenue. Oh, you oh, so okay, yeah, now that is yeah. Zeus Fifth Avenue. I, I mean, whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have several pets. I'll pick the best name would be Bacardi Cypress. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Oh, I like that. Bacardi Cypress? Bacardi Cypress, that is... Uh, okay, well, then let, find me. let me choose another pet name because, you know, Zeus was like my first animal, <laughs> my first heart, but let me choose another one. Um, mine would be Boo Melody. <laughs> Boo Melody. Okay, don't judge me. She was a beautiful black pit bull. I know. Don't, our gorgeous. dog okay. was actually Bacardi Carvassier. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And it was the cutest little thing. But y'all had the dog lit, okay? Yeah. So Lindsay is still going through magazines. They're in the in the bedroom and one in particular catches her eye and turns out she's not as put off as she was before by Melanie's um, little appearance in the magazine. See, I knew it, though. You know, <laughs> it, it's like the ones you want to front in my face. But when you think I'm not around, yeah. you want to go through it. And then I, I I knew it. I knew those pants were going to unbutton. <laughs> I knew them fingers were going to be taken down a little trip. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is. Um, yeah. And Having a good old time. Melanie comes in and sees her and she says, well, I thought you didn't like porn. And then Lindsay's like, oh, well, you know, I don't like the idea of these men looking at you. <laughs> Girl, is that what it is? Yeah, these strange men and women looking at you. Then, you know, they just kind of embrace that that's what, ha- what happened. And I think because it was her partner, Lindsay's able to see it a little bit differently. You know, she's able to enjoy it, just kind of like Ted does. She does ask her, well, why didn't you tell me? She goes, I don't want there to be any secrets between us. Why didn't you tell me about this? And Melanie says, well, it's something I didn't want to boast about. And it was before I, I met right. you. Right. It's just, it was a one-off thing. I did it because I needed to pay my bills. I thought I was going to need to pay my bills. And yeah, it just is what it is. Anyway, so now they're back together and they're back good. And they keep having these little hurdles in all these episodes, but they're clearing them. And I love that they they communicate though. That's the that's the whole deal. They they actually communicate, so that's what saves them from having you know issues in the future. Back over at Babylon, Brian is watching Justin on the dance floor mugging down with this random guy, and it's shot in this like black and white kind of fuzzy little thing. Uh, but when the color comes back, the first color we see is red. And I take that as that's Brian. And he's not too happy with what he sees, yep. <laughs> you know, down there uh, on the dance floor. I think he's bothered a little bit, basically, because he, like, teleports right to Justin's side and quickly Quick. dismisses yes. that trick. <laughs> quickly. The guy who's trying to be nice to hi, you know, get lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. So Justin asks him, well, what do you want? And Brian tells him, 
you were right. The reason I took you in is because you took a bat to the head, but it's not the reason I want you to stay. Because remember the deal was that Justin would stay until he got better. Well, he's not perfect, but he's better. Yeah, he doesn't have to uh, stay. Yeah, and so Brian's kind of still on him there, and Justin's kind of like, okay. Well, my heart melted again because it's not like that I love you, you know, that I'm expecting, but it's the I love you from Brian. Yeah. The, the most that Brian, the most that Brian could give. Right, you know? where he's at. And I mean, it sounds like he's still being selfish, and, but he really, really does have some issues that prevent him from just, right. you know, being able to come on out with it. But, but I mean, so, him saying that, hey, yeah, this is why you came, but that's not why I want you to stay. Yeah. I mean, that's him breaking down 20 barriers that he had put up. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so this scene is happening right in the middle of Babylon, like around all this chaos. And this scene is based on, um, they call it the covenant scene. That's how the showrunners and the writers refer to this scene uh-huh. as the covenant scene. And it's based on um, a play called The Way of the World. And so I'll give a little summary of, of that. It's a really good play and it's worth the read if you feel so inclined. Uh, but the gist of what's happening is there's all these like scandals and affairs, there's adultery and wealth and fortune involved, like all the stuff that makes for good drama. And uh, so there, the central guy is uh, named Mirabelle. I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing that. And he eventually falls in love with a young lady named Millamont. And there are all these societal reasons why they should not be together. And they can say they want to marry, but there's all this stuff regarding her endowment being controlled by her aunt and all this junk, whatever. But anyway, the point is that there are all these plots and subplots and hijinks going on around these two people. And what you ultimately discover is that no one around them really knows the truth of what's happening between these two lovers. And so after a a series of things that seem like they've fallen apart or haven't fallen apart, I'm I'm not sure. It's all crazy. But uh, anyway, after all of that stuff, you hear Millamont, the young lady, stating these terms under which she's willing to agree to marry this man. And so they think it's just something like a business arrangement, like a business deal. But what's revealed is that she's actually in love with him. And this was part of their plotting and planning meant to accomplish this result that the two of them would end up committed to each other. So that's kind of what we have here at Babylon. Like they're in the middle of all this just like crazy chaos at Babylon. But there are these two young, two lovers here who in the midst of all this craziness, they are the only two who know their truth. And they're making this commitment to each other in the midst of the crazy. So this is going to be a very Brian Kenny speech that we get right here. (laughs) But I still love it. It still melts melts my heart. Uh, He tells him, we're not your parents. We're not straight people. We're not lesbians getting married. He's saying all of this to dispel Justin's preconceived notions about relationships between two men. Mm-hmm. And he asserts we're queers to say that what's considered the norm or traditional does not apply to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our own code, not theirs. And you have to, when Brian's talking, you have to listen to what he says, understand why he's saying it, understand that he may be intentionally not saying something. And you have to pay attention to the order that he says it. Yes, in. no, seriously. <laughs> you really got to have, you know, your focus on. Because he took a dig at, we're not lesbians walking down the aisle. He yeah, definitely was matching th- Vera Wang. Yes. Like he, yeah. he was throwing shade toward his girls. <laughs> yeah. you know? But he's putting all this fluff in front of it so that he can slip in the most important part. Uh, and he hopes that Justin will be like so distracted by everything else that he has said, mm-hmm. everything else that came before 
that by the time he gets to the part that truly reveals a deep part of him, it won't be such a big deal. Right. Justin won't notice how huge of a confession it is. But he says, if we're together, it's because we choose to be, not because there are locks on our doors. And I think that comes from his own code, his no excuses, no apologies, no regrets yep. code. But it's also tied to his parents who were trapped in a loveless yep. and super toxic relationship. They stayed only for the kids. And, yeah, and yeah. he does not want that for himself or mm -hmm. for Justin or really anybody else. He doesn't think that anybody should be trapped in a relationship like that just because like some label or some title would trap you there he or obligation yep. or guilt or whatever. Yeah. Um, he says, if we're together, it's because we choose to be. And to me, I think that is huge. Like I'm here because I'm choosing to be here. Mm -hmm. And while it's not all flowery and poetic, I, I still think that that is valid. And that is very significant in some ways. I think it's more meaningful because he's saying I could have been anywhere else. So if I'm here, know that it's on purpose. Yeah, no, it was. And like I said, it wasn't that, the traditional I love you that I was looking for, but it was the equivalent and mm -hmm. for Brian, you know, so I felt that. And the look on Justin's face, you could see that he was feeling it too. And um, I just want him to set boundaries though. Like yeah. Justin himself needs to set some boundaries for Brian. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that's what they're moving toward. Uh, but yeah, Brian's telling him, I'm not obligated. You're not obligated. Neither of us are stuck here behind the locked door. Uh, and so also that means... For as long as we both still want or need this and want to be here, we'll be here. And then when we don't want that anymore, we'll just leave. Let's yeah. not ruin each other. Let's just let's just go. So then he tells them, you know, if I'm out, just assume that I'm out tricking. I'm out doing what I want to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, but then he says, and this is what's key. It was key. But when I come home, I'll also be doing what I want to do. That's coming home to you. Like that right there. Yeah, I know. That right <laughs> okay, there. he redeemed himself. I was like, okay, I yeah. can't, I can't hate you. I cannot, I can't hate you. I know. That was so damn I will sweet. just like never recover from that. <laughs> so, and this is the Brian who, in early season one, said the loft is only big enough for one person. Yep. You know, and, and now he's saying that he wants to come home right, to the person. When I come home, that means I'm knowing that you're gonna be mm -hmm. here or you're gonna meet me here every time. And that's what I want. I'm cool with yep. that. <laughs> yeah. I live and die for this whole scene. Yeah. But Brian wants to be able to be himself and live according to his code. But he also wants to come home to Justin. And so he's like, I want to be free to be myself because Brian's a sexual being. And, you know, that's whatever. <laughs> and he's young, too. He's also yeah. young as well. He he is. Yeah. And he's been living his life a certain way. He's not just going to like turn that off or turn that around. Right. For six and Justin doesn't really expect that either. You know? And that goes back to the maturity as well. Mm -hmm. The fact that he can see, hey, this was your life. I know this is who you are. I'm not expecting anything different, but, you know, just a little more respect. Yeah. You know, and I just I'm blown away by Justin. Yeah. Well, I love then Justin says he listens to Brian and here's all this stuff that he knows it's probably like a challenge for Brian to say, but, and he's grateful that Brian said it, but then Justin says, okay, but I want some things too. Yeah. And I love this because in season one, there might've been a time where Justin would have likely accepted whatever Brian was willing to he just offer. wanted to be in his just, vicinity. Just wanted to be around him. Mm -hmm. But here he's like, no, if we're entering into this thing together, I have terms too. Yeah. You know? And that's very much from that play that I talked about earlier uh, the way of the world because they're getting ready to, to get married and then she is telling him but these are my terms mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and so that's what Justin's doing here 
and he tells them, you know, you can be with whoever you want, but I want you to keep it. I want you to keep it relatively anonymous. You know, right. that's one of the rules. No names, no numbers. Uh, and then he says, you always come home. Like, no matter where you are, who you're with, you always come home. And Justin says, by two. And I think he, he just kind of like tested yeah. Brian there. Cause then, and Brian going to say four. Yeah, yeah, he tries to negotiate four o'clock. And then no, they, they settle on three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. That's fine. Yeah. And then the last one, Justin says one more thing. You don't kiss anyone on the mouth but me. And um, I think Brian's thinking back to two minutes ago when he saw Justin... Yeah. That guy on the dance mm-hmm. floor and he's like, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> because Brian, he, I won't call him jealous, but he's territorial. And yeah. then like, that's mine, you mm-hmm. know, like. And the deeper they get into this thing, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I think he does. Like, he's okay with, yeah, there being some things that are only for, for, for them. the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very exclusive to them. Yeah. And so they've exchanged these terms and conditions and established these boundaries. And then they seal that that with a kiss so let's talk about their rules a little bit i want to hear your opinion on what you think about them uh because i think that they're super telling and the thing about rules and boundaries is they define an area like they say this is out of bounds but in doing that it makes it very clear it clearly identifies a territory or right, whatever, right you know i mean i'm glad they set these boundaries because i feel like they need boundaries needed to be set or justin was going to always forever be hurt you know mm-hmm. he now he has some type of power it's like i need to know what to expect yeah exactly yeah. um i'm here for the rules the fact that he the, the fact that he is going to try to abide by you know some type of parameters uh it gives me faith that yes you know, justin means more than he he lets on you know right well because earlier in this episode he says i don't do commitments well here mm-hmm. he is He's making a commitment mm-hmm. yeah not only to this person but to these terms and maybe it's not for forever but He's still willing to say, for as long as we're together, I'm going to commit to these Yes, things. I'm coming home to you. I won't be a minute late. I'll be here at three or earlier. You know, I'm not kissing anybody on the lips. If I do hook up, they don't know anything about me. Mm-hmm. It is nothing personal. It's just a fling. It is what it is. I won't come home and tell you. Yeah. You know, and I want you. And basically what got me was, I want you at home. Yeah. That's what he said. Like, mm-hmm. This is my apartment, but this is our apartment. Like, I want you home at the loft every single night. I'm yeah. coming home to you. That's all that matters. You know, like, yeah. it matters that I, me personally, I ain't never been a fan of that rule right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, it don't, it don't you work know? for me. I, yeah, open relationships don't work for everybody, but the ones that do have to have these established and set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then the people commit to them. And so it's like, yeah, I'm just as committed as a monogamous relationship because I've committed to these terms and these boundaries and these rules. That's not something that works for me personally, yeah. but it works for other people. And yeah, that's I don't totally judge. Fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do not judge. I just know that it does not work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-mm, mm-mm. when I'm committed, I'm committed. And I'm a little selfish with the person I'm with. So I don't want to share with anybody. And, <laughs> you know, I want to ask. I'm nosy. I'm asking questions, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, so I think what this boils down to is Brian wanted to get bring Justin back. And he and, did. And he did, yeah. yeah. But he knew with that, he had to offer something. Right. Offer something up, you know, to get him back. Some form of in, of uh, of assurance. And I don't think it was Justin giving him an ultimatum. Because, he didn't give him no ultimatum No, it was just like, if we're going to do this, then, okay, you get to have your terms, but I get to have mine too. Yeah. And if we don't see eye to eye on those, then, okay, let's move on. Yeah, like, but, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. make it with or without you. It's almost like the show is going to go on, Brian. You're going to continue to be Brian. Right. And I'm going like, to continue to be Justin. I want you here. I want to be here. Yeah. But if it doesn't work for both yeah. of us, it if doesn't work. If it doesn't work, work yeah. it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. We can't force it. Yeah. 
So the thing about the rules, like the only once rule, well, Brian already does that. And so it can seem like, well, why is Justin insisting on that when Brian already does it? But because Justin was not a Justin was a repeat. Yeah, Justin was a repeat. But I think also the, uh, the other thing is like, whatever the rules are. Brian is allowing someone else to tell him what he can what and he cannot, he cannot do. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is significant yeah. that he's willing to consider anything. Yeah. He could have just told just, I don't care what your terms are. These are mine. If you're going to be with me, take this. And that's it. Justin, you could have made any demands. Clearly you got that. Ooh, we, I mean, okay? he, I think he really could have yeah. just about, <laughs> you have that. Ooh, we, you got Brian Kenny to, you know what I'm saying? Agree to your terms. So, yeah. You have that ooh wee. He, he got him a little bit whipped in some ways. Yep. He's like, yeah. Got him. Um, but the curfew, again, that just highlights that they're prioritizing each other. They're going to make time for each other. Like, yep. whatever you're doing, that's fine. I know that you're coming here, that you're coming back here to me. Uh, and then the thing with the kissing, remember back in early season one when Brian hooked up with that guy in the bathroom and the guy was like, oh, I don't kiss. And Brian's like, haha, yeah, right. Yeah. And he kissed him anyway. But I think now Brian gets that, okay, maybe there is something. He knows the difference in kissing Justin and kissing yep. his tricks, you know. Mm-hmm. So now it's associated with an intimacy and an, and an emotion. And so he knows that it's different. But also, I think that's Justin trying to establish something physical of Brian that's just his. Because, like, half of Babylon has had Brian. For real. Like, <laughs> I would be ashamed even walking in you know? arm in arm with him. Yeah. I know. Like, like uh-uh, I, this ain't no prize, baby. He, he is you. He's a used car, baby. Like, he's not pre-owned. Oh, I was at the loft yesterday. Yeah. I was there this morning. Mm-hmm. I, that would be a fight for me because you yeah. know my attitude is bad. What you been? You were where? Uh-uh. Oh my earrings, girl. You're the person who burn the loft down. Yeah, that part. Okay. <laughs> Before anybody else gets up in here, I'm yeah. telling you, no but, one's enjoying um, it. But yeah, so he just wants to have some part of his actual body that is saved for just him. And again, it works for them to each his own. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm not judging to each their own, like you yeah. said. Yeah, but yeah, I know to some people the rules might not seem that important, or it might seem like silly what they chose. But I totally, I totally get it. We finish up, and the last scene is with Ben and Michael, and they're at Ben's place. And as a thank you, Ben gifts Michael with a book. It's a book that he wrote, and he wrote inside it a little inscription, and it says. To Michael, beneath whose mild-mannered appearance beats the heart of a superhero. So, yeah, Ben gets him, and he sees him, and it's something so sweet. It is. Yeah, and so they're standing there, and they give each other a hug. And um, Okay, this is when I realized that I was wrong, okay? <laughs> because that hug, for one, he was smelling all over Michael, for one, yeah, okay? and they, they were standing, standing too close. close. Yeah. They were standing too close. I knew someone's going to pop off, okay? But mm-hmm. go ahead, you were right. But, uh, so then... The hug is not enough of a thank you, and there are no words, so Michael offers a kiss uh, instead. It starts out as like a nice little kiss, and then it gets a little deeper and a little deeper to the point where Michael's reaching down. And- but yeah, but how does it go that far, <laughs> that quickly? Michael no, no, he came, he came back. He came. He's 30, and his biological clock is ticking. <laughs> he is wasting no time He's past tracking this. But uh, so things seem to be going great, and then Ben slows him down. And we think it's because he's going to just be, you know, a gentleman, a gentleman. But uh, he stops him and he tells him that he wants him to know that he is HIV positive. Girl. And that's the uh, end of the episode. So deep. I can't wait to next week to see how that's going to go. How it's going right. to pick up. Because Michael has experience with HIV, as in with his uncle. Right. So I'm dying to see, like, is he going to 
do the stereotypical push him away and showing him like you know he has uh, he's a leper or some shit you know or is he gonna you know be understanding and you know and try to work with him or are they gonna make something happen you know I just want to yeah. see how this scenario is gonna play out because back in two thousand. We it was still a stigma. Yeah, they didn't yeah, have the same stuff. The medicine that we have was now. a whole lot better, mm-hmm. but there was still a stigma to it. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. So I just want to know, like, I mean, saying those words, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, we saw how Emmett reacted to the possibility of being positive. Like, that was the end of everything. It made him even go see, uh, see the right. light type mm-hmm. stuff, you know? So it's clearly a huge deal in the community. So I just want to see how Mike was going to handle that, especially with having one of his closest family members, mm-hmm. you know, already living that type of life who went from HIV positive to actual full blown AIDS. Because we yeah. already know Uncle Vic has AIDS and um, Ben is only HIV positive. So I, I just want to see how that story plays out. So yeah. oh, I can't wait to the next episode. Yeah, well, and, you know, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens with with uh, this character with Ben and uh, if we're going to see him beyond next episode or or not but i like that they introduce another character who is positive because uncle vic it's almost like he's at the point where he's kind of given up living his own life yep. um and like i said he's just living vicariously through what michael does or what the gang does or even what debbie does but but here is another character who is a professor and who's like oh here's the guy i'm attracted to and you and know you see the still light in his living ha- in his, his yeah. life mm-hmm. yeah and so <clears throat> A person who hasn't said, well, time for me to hang it up. Right. But um, he yeah. never gave up. He never gave up. Although he has this disease, he's never given up. You can mm-hmm. see he still has fight in him and he still has a lot of life left in him. He looks so youthful, so happy in his life, you know, and he enjoys what he does. So, yeah, I'm dying to see what's going to come next with this um scenario. Me too. Yeah. Okay. okay. That was this episode. It was. And I hope y'all enjoyed this episode as much as we did because it was fun <laughs> for me. I got to bring out my little ratchet side. And when I say y'all in real life, I'm really not even like that. But this episode <laughs> brought that out in me. Okay. Like it did. It was just so good. I was all over the place. Yeah. Um, and we only do this for y'all. We hope y'all are enjoying this. So send us feedback, letting us know, you know, what topics you want us to, um, any topics that you thought that we didn't touch on. I mean, just, interactive feedback we're here to have fun and we're you know just here to enjoy something that we all commonly share which Ooh, is, i have some shout outs but finish sorry. yeah just the love of queers folk come on babe yeah i got some shout outs to susan who just found us and made an effort to binge all the podcast episodes to catch up in like less than a week wow <laughs> susan thank you yeah to uh, my friend Lori and uh, to hey, Lori. Elaine, to Christy, as always. Christy. <laughs> to, um, let's see, Avery, who sends me Instagram messages at like, what's four in the morning my time? <laughs> yeah, Avery, you're hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> and many more. I'm sorry, we can get to call the names. You always forget somebody. Yes, to all of you guys, you know, and we can't get everybody, but, you know, but yes, we thank each and every single one of you guys. You're wonderful. And thank y'all for joining this journey with us as well. I mean, we just like we said, we're just talking about a show that we're all passionate about, you know. So yep. hopefully we can get this, um, get the talks going, and we can actually get a reboot because I know that's the I know. end goal. I'm, I know we're on a mission. We are on a mission. <laughs> so make sure you guys are sharing this. Y'all getting the word out. Get people on it, you know, so we can all you know come together and and share this show once again. Well, guys, we are about to head out, and as we always say, until next time, bye. Bye.